Mm-mm. You need to play it. What is it? It's basically uh, you're in space with a bunch of little jelly beans. One of you's an imposter. You kill the other jelly beans. And <laughs> it's fantastic. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. Right. It's it's not even five dollars. It's it's amazing. I would hope uh, not. You know Mafia? Yeah. It's like it's it's basically Mafia. Um where you just you're just like trying to figure out who's the killer. You kinda of talk with everyone, figure out clues. So like, clue? Yeah, it's basically a jelly bean space yeah. clue. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Blue. But we're live. <laughs> uh, Hi. Welcome back to the Hot Kind. I'm Huntley. I'm with Andy and David. And uh, what have you two been up to? Uh, I have been. I will go first. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> um, I've been dealing with WordPress and all the fun things that come with learning it, um, changing source code and shit. That's awesome. Mm hmm. But I am building a website, and I've been writing, uh, continuing to write short stories on the side. But the website's been my main focus for the last, like, couple weeks. Yeah. It's almost ready, but needs a couple more tweaks. I gotcha. Andy? Lots and lots and lots of artwork. Non-stop artwork. Yeah. Basically. And that's how it's going to be for a while. <laughs> Just trying not to burn out, but yeah, no. that's it. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, that's always a struggle with creativity stuff. Yeah. Projects. Yeah. I am finally on a normal sleep schedule. Feels nice. I'm waking up semi early. Uh, I know some people are like, oh, I wake up at five o'clock. That's early. And I'm waking up at nine o'clock and that feels early to me. But yeah, yeah, yeah. me too. Mm -hmm. It's. It's nice to it's nice to see daylight again. It's usually a plus. It's a plus. It's a plus. Yeah. Last week I had a pet emergency and that just like completely destroyed everything. But everything's yeah. fine now. But yeah. It's yeah. uh yeah. Good times. Hmm. But so I'm this... so I'm like sleeping during the middle of the day. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. But this week, uh, you're the lead of the show. So tell us what you're going to tell us. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about the the Lamegaton or the Lesser Key of Solomon, as it's more commonly known as. Um, and this is pretty much the single foundational work for modern occultism. Like, mm -hmm. There's a lot of other texts that are, you know, very influential, but the Lesser Key of Solomon is really where a lot of modern magic is kind of based from. So we're going to go over its origins and its contents and kind of leading all the way up to the modern times. And I have a lot of notes and I might try to condense stuff a little bit more than I already have. Um so, and we kind of touched on it, I think it was the last episode with, with uh, Crowley. Um, mm -hmm. And the, the main focus of the Lesser Key of Solomon is to learn how to summon and then control demons. Mm -hmm. 
Um, that's the overarching theme with it. So mm-hmm. it's um, it all comes from King Solomon back in uh, what was his reign? 970 to 931 BC. So a couple thousand years ago. And he is responsible for building the first temple in Jerusalem. And he's described as being essentially the wisest man on the planet at the time, uh, as far as I can tell. He was described by Aristobulus of Alexandria in 50 BCE. And the quote goes, For it is he who gave me unerring wisdom of what exists, to know the structure of the world and the activity of the elements, the beginning, the middle, and the end of times, the alternation of the solstices and the changes of the seasons, the cycles of the years and the constellations of the stars, the nature of animals and the tempers of wild beasts, the power of spirits and the reasoning of men, the variety of plants and the nature of roots. I have learned both what is secret and what is manifest. For wisdom, the fashioner of all things taught me. And he is referring to Solomon as the source of all this knowledge. Hmm. And he was also a little bit of a player. Um, he had, according to the Bible, <laughs> 700 wives and 300 concubines. Oh, um, that, that goes yeah. well beyond the, the player status at that point. <laughs> it does, but I think it's maybe like a step below Genghis Khan. I was about to say, yeah. which one is higher, Genghis Khan or Solomon? Yeah. I'm pretty sure Genghis Khan. Yeah, no, but no, but nobody pulled as many people as Genghis Khan. Yeah, yeah pulled. Yeah. yeah, right. Pulled. <laughs> I'm. I, and then I, rape. I, Let's be honest. You're, yeah. you're right. Let's yeah. be honest mm-hmm. here. Yep. Uh, Call it for what it is. Um, yeah. but it's interesting. The only one, and maybe this is a side story. We can get into it some other time. I didn't research it, but. The only wife mentioned by name is Nama the Ammonite, who is the mother of Solomon's successor, Rehoboam. And Nama apparently would eventually turn into a demon through circumstances. I don't know. Oh, um, good. So oh, maybe, maybe I'll, yeah, you know. Hate when that happens. Hmm. I, it's just, it's such a shame when your ex-wife turns into a demon. I mean... What it seems to happen a lot. I've seen, I've seen that seems going happen. around. <laughs> yeah, every, every fucking uh, divorce affidavit is like, demon. <laughs> demon spawn. Uh, um, there are, okay, so there's a couple of interesting notes before we get into the actual origin stories. And there's kind of two of them. So a lot of this comes from the Babylonian Talmud. Uh, or Talmud, and one of the statements it makes is there's a couple of quotes and um, talk about demons. How there's so many, there's like a million fucking demons in the world, and they're all around us. And one of the quotes goes, "Each and every one of us has a thousand demons to his left and ten thousand to his right." And apparently, the cardinal direction of left is associated with evil. So there are less evil demons than there are good demons or neutral. So that's, I thought that was interesting. The testimonies of Solomon's power, it's not just Aristobulus. There were um, other philosophers at the time, uh, around the same time period as him, like including Pythagoras. And these people were seen to possess like esoteric, esoteric secrets of the world and also magical powers. 
so this is kind of the turn into the common era is like when people started talking about magic a lot more openly and perhaps practicing it. Mm. There is also one highly fragmented Dead Sea Scroll, 11Q11, which basically describes Solomon doing his powers, and it describes him controlling and binding demons by invoking the divine name of God, which that's a big, big power thing. Uh, Everyone's tried to figure out the true name of God, and apparently Solomon knew it. The Golem um, myth is another one that involves that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Animating the Golem. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And then, let's see. In Josephinus, um, Antiquities of the Jews also describes that Solomon had a ring to control demons. And we'll get into the ring in a little bit. Yeah. So, I was hoping we would. <laughs> yeah. I remember mm-hmm. that part. Yeah. Yeah. I covered less about the ring, but it's uh, it definitely plays a, a, a key role in this story so the first story comes from and these two stories are about the construction of the first temple and this first one is from the babylonian talmud and essentially solomon learned how to control and bind uh, an army of demons uh, 72 of them to construct the temple and according to the story it had to be the reason he had to use demons is because it needed to be constructed of unhewn stone or stone that is not worked by iron tools. There was a being that was capable of doing this called the Shamir. It's like a big giant worm thing that somehow knows how to work with stone. Um, like the Beetlejuice hmm. worms? Uh, yeah. Saturn yeah, worms? So. Yeah. yeah, the Saturn worms. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're ugly. Um, I only saw a couple of pictures of them. I would not want one anywhere near uh, any construction project. That would just be terrible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they probably unionized by now. That's why they're not using them at construction projects. <laughs> probably so. <laughs> yeah, they're like they, after the first construction of the first temple. They're like, no, nah, we're you see, no. we can't do this anymore. No, okay, we're, we're unionizing. Need treatment here. Yeah, collective um, collective bargaining. We need health insurance. Little did they know it was a right to work state. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. <That's laughs> they got fired. Oh, bye. And now they're off making their own temple. Only better. Yeah, they're they're making their own <laughs> temple on a different planet that you know has uh, that allows collective bargaining. Until one day they're summoned by a warlock to fight Jeff Bezos. Communist space worms. Communist space worms. Hell. All right. (laughs) That's the title right there. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, it is. (laughs) Oh, excellent. Um, Yeah. So before they unionized, they, there was a way to control them and Solomon figured it out. But in order to, so first Solomon needed to figure out where the Shabir were. And apparently to do that, you have to capture a bunch of male and female demons and then torture them until they confess the identity of the entity that knows where the Shamir are. Hmm. And apparently this is the arch demon Asmodeus who knows where the Shamir are. So of course, Solomon being a total badass marches over to, um, Asmodeus's house or something gets him drunk and then binds him with change chains 
etched with the the word of God on them and drags Asmodeus back to Jerusalem to build the temple. That sounds I like wanted... he was incarnated. Like mm-hmm. Asmodeus was actually in a human body is what that sounds oh, like. How else true. would you do that? How would you get him that's drunk? True. I, that's kind of what I was thinking is like, how are you going to march to like an archdemon's house, this big like right. towering figure? And like yeah. also how much booze would you have to bring? That, I guess like, Solomon, I guess, just knew what meat suit he was wearing, I guess. I yeah, mean, true. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, he's pulling 700 ladies. <laughs> so he's bound to find something out. He's bound to find something out out there. It, just being like it, one of them had to have at least a little bit of a fling. And mm-hmm. knew the meat suit, and Solomon was just like, I'm going to get a little bit buzzed. I'm just going to march over their dick swinging and be like, tell me where the goddamn communist space worms are. I got temples to build. I mean, at that point, if somebody if somebody came to my house with <laughs> 700 women behind them, <laughs> and, and smelling like booze and just like tell me where the space worms are i'd be like i don't know what you're talking about but i'm gonna i'm gonna find them for you because i don't know what yeah. else to do oh god it seems like i don't think i have anything better to do right now let's go man let's go let's figure this out shit out together because you have piqued my curiosity <laughs> space worms you say oh. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and they're communists Okay, I'm on, I'm on board. Let's go. I'm yeah. I'm okay. half confused, half intrigued. Let's do this shit. Oh, I would have the same reaction. And it gets better. This is like, not at all the end. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. So he's drinking with demons. Yep, drinking <laughs> with demons and then chaining them and dragging them for torturing the them. And, yeah, it's just yeah. Bitch, you're gonna tell me where the space worms are, whether you like it or not. <laughs> Um, so Asmodeus tells Solomon that the Shamir, um, or there's one Shamir living in a, in a mountain and it's protected by a bird and I can't pronounce the name. I don't know what, how it's spelled, so I'm not going to try, but it's a magical bird or something. It's like the Dookie Focked or something. I have no idea. The what now? The Dookie Focked. And that's I'm sorry. I know. Uh, I heard it's it, I childish, like, it's childish, but I can't help not. it. Uh, all right. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm laughing too. I'm, I'm do- hearing I, the dookie fuck. <laughs> dookie fuck. <laughs> the dookie fuck. What is that? So, so not. Yeah. It's so dookie, not. That's a dookie fuck. So not only is Solomon fuck. pulling 700 ladies demons, he's also talking to a bird named Dookie Fuck. And the way this is going, I'm pretty sure he's having sex with it too. <laughs> probably. He probably does, because uh, apparently, oh so this bird took an oath to protect the Shamir, and Solomon tricks the bird somehow. And oh, this he gets fucked dark. It. He totally fucked it. He, he totally did. And then the bird killed itself out of shame. Um, he totally fucked oh. it. <laughs> <laughs> he totally fucked that bird. You just imagine the bird oh, like waking up the next morning. It's like, oh god, what have I just done? Like, yeah, just, just deep shame, just deep shame. Just wrote a dear John letter with the Shibori worms on it and just offed itself. Dear Solomon, oh, god. 
god. Yeah. <laughs> so dark. So dark. All right. It's just a little bit dark. Oh, <sighs> so. Oh, man. So Solomon <laughs> takes the Shamir back to Jerusalem and him and Asmodeus and the, the worm and then a bunch of other demons that Solomon brings up. They all build this temple. Oh, I thought they were going to keep having journeys together and like put an A team together. Damn. Okay. At least, a, at least a big dog pile orgy or something. <laughs> <laughs> the way this is, the way I'm relating all these stories is just by like mutual fucking. <laughs> it could be. Um, right. There's some weird details coming up. That this is almost the end, but. At some point during the process, Asmodeus tricks Solomon into removing his chains. And afterwards, he eats Solomon's ring and punches Solomon into the air, sending him flying through the air for several hundred miles. And then what happens next Holy is shit. unclear. He hopped on him. <laughs> he mega hopped mm-hmm. on him. So he, here's... Either superheroes. I actually I was getting more Dragon Ball Z vibes from this story. That's, to be honest, I imagine yeah, Solomon yeah. gets like being punched through a mountain, and he just like oh. gets, gets back gets up. Back like Asmodeus. Asmodeus. He fucking supercharges and just charges at him. I yeah. you, I'm thinking DBZ too now, but I'm thinking the abridged version on YouTube. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So he hit me Best in the version. dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he probably did too. I would. Okay. So right. after that point, um, it's one of two possibilities that scholars can't really decide on what <clears throat> happened. Either Asmodeus shapeshifted into Solomon and took over the throne, or Solomon oh. came back. And took it back from Esmodius. Oh and shit! Fucked him up. Yeah. So either way, whatever version of Solomon we have from this point out, uh, it's Solomon and the Shamir and his army of demons construct the temple, uh, the first yeah. temple. Sounds like Crowley all over again. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> it could, yeah, that does. Um, so that's according to the Babylonian Talmud. Now there was another version of this story um, written uh, around the fifth century AD. um, And it is called the Apocryphal Testament of Solomon as composed sometime in the early middle ages. So in this story, um, a a young man is being tortured by a demon named or or and Solomon prays to the archangel Michael to find a solution. And Michael gifts him the ring, which mm, he can the use one to control ring. demons. The one ring. And he used that to yeah, control Orneus and uh and Beezlebub, the, the prince of demons, who he used to construct the temple. Um and Michael also gifted Solomon with like an encyclopedic knowledge of like demons and their origins and their powers and then how to control them. So could be the Archangel Michael giving this guy his powers. And as a side note, the the Book of Enoch from the uh which is 
mm-hmm. the 3rd century BCE also has a list of angelic and demonic entities and powers and things. So yeah. Yeah. So this existed, you know, 700-ish years before this story was written. So maybe there's something to that. Um, During the construction process, there was one particular cornerstone that couldn't be set by any of the demons for some reason. And at first, it was blocked by an angel, but at first, you know, they didn't know what the angel was. But it seems to be a prefigurement of Jesus Christ. But even still, they were somehow able to set the cornerstone, specifically the demons of the air and the demon of the Red Sea were able to set the block. I don't know why that's significant. I just thought I would throw hmm. it out there. And then the end of the Testament of Solomon kind of ends with him turning towards other gods out of love and reverence and then kind of lamenting about his mistakes during so that's the Testament of Solomon. And I'm not really sure which one of these stories to go with. But either way, this is where the origins of his power kind of come from, the stories about it. And in both cases, they're they're divine in nature. Um, so that's kind of the ancient history. Um, now, the, the Apocryphal Testament of Solomon didn't talk about how to control demons, but it did list a lot of, you know, their attributes and everything. Um, and it's kind of around the turn of the, into the common era where we get into the early Solomonic magic and mm-hmm. different documents and ideas floating around about what happened and, you know, um, specific knowledge uh, about this magic. So there were there were two main texts that kind of talked about this there were the greek magical papyri and the sefer hazrazim harazim uh, or also called the book of secrets which is an early book of jewish magic and in the greek scrolls uh papyri scrolls there are two different spells that use solomon's names one of them is called the solomonic collapse which is a trance-like state or an ecstatic seizure of some <laughs> sort. And then another is called Solomon's Seal, which is used in controlling demons and exorcisms. Binding them, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the Sefer ha- Harazim also talks about just generally Solomon using his magical powers to control demons. Um, there are also some Islamic accounts um, for Solomon and his his doings. Um, some of them are part of the Arabian Nights tales. And then at some point during the Byzantine era, um, <clears throat> kind of towards the end of the Byzantine Empire in the 15th century, somewhere around there, um, this is where this change went from like just talking about Solomon's powers and like describing how to actually do these powers. Um, So a lot of like magical texts started to be either created or probably passed down, but beginning of the Renaissance too. Yeah. Yeah. Early, early Renaissance, which that, yeah. Occult knowledge exploded alchemists everywhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And originally those texts were in Greek, and that's where it was thought to first have entered Western Europe, is through Greece. Um, Yeah, and it's unfortunately 
really difficult to track anything through the Middle Ages uh, because documentation is just so inconsistent and it's very difficult to tell exactly what you're looking at because they're named different things or like the contents will be different even though it might be like the same text that you find somewhere else in Europe. So unfortunately, it's really difficult, probably impossible to draw like a straight lineage between the the original Tales of Solomon and then what we have now in the Lesser Key of Solomon. Um, but there's a couple of them that we'll mention before we get into the actual Key of Solomon. Um, there was the... Now, this one's a little bit um, questioned, I would say, is the Ars Notoria. Um, it was definitely linked to Solomon around this time. But apparently a lot of, uh, there's a debate within the occult community whether or not the Ars Notoria should be included in the Lesser Key of Solomon. Because it's not specifically talking about how to control and bind demons and stuff. It's more about like using divine methods to to gain information uh, very quickly cool. through the use of like sigils and rituals and there's like a whole process that you go through to divinely learn knowledge why wouldn't they uh, want it, that in there <laughs> it seems like it would help I, I, th- that's that was my yeah, first yeah. thought like you know any kind of knowledge gathering tool you would kind of want that with uh, yeah especially with dealing with demons yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. divination basically yeah yeah, yeah you exactly. are ba- you are basically eliminating like half your toolkit of being able to do anything by just yeah. eliminating that any good magician yeah. also needs to be a diviner that's exactly. one thing gordon, exactly. gordon, gordon white says and i agree with it it's yeah <laughs> i agree with it too even if it's your most basic divination yeah is Whatever you form st- you use, it's fine. Yeah. There's a yeah. whole bunch of them. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of yeah. them, but even yeah. if it's just simple, it, like just learning tarot and just being able to do just basic tarot, if yeah. you're doing, if you're a magician, wizard, sorcerer, whatever the hell you label yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, witch, whatever. Yeah. yeah which right. every, you, everybody does like what well, most people should do some form of divination and they basically just cut that out yeah that doesn't make any sense yeah it's it doesn't make sense to me either summon demons and not no yeah summon yeah. demons but not have a fucking clue what's going on what are you planning on doing i mean i i have well, another fucking it. joke but <laughs> what oh, no. do it just, just just fuck them to death <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I mean, yes. if it's a succubus, I mean, he probably would. He, he probably would have. Yeah, but it's Solomon. I mean, he has 700 wives. Clearly, he has endurance and stamina. <laughs> and then 300 concubines. And special, so. and special divine blessing Gatorade. from. <laughs> oh my god! Give him some so power packs. He is white. <laughs> so oh I don't god. think a succubus would be, you know, anything for him. I guess. <sighs> Uh, uh, this is just the warm up. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Mm. Oh man. Um. Let's see. Oh yeah. So okay. I'll go over some of the various texts that were included and eventually compiled into the Solomon, the uh, Key of Solomon. So 
Yeah, there's the Ars Notoria. Um, and there's, let's see. There, there's a number of key figures like Albertus Magnus, who was the teacher of Thomas Aquinas. Um, he talked about five-ish books of necromancy that were circulating around Europe at the time. Um, they would also be, get compiled into Solomon's Key. Um, there are also various like condemned books, um, interrogation transcripts, prohibited indexes just general forbidden documentation that people were just trying to keep hidden during the middle ages. And however, all of this evolved. Um, it's very, you know, clouded in mystery, but by the time the Renaissance came around, uh, the lesser key of Solomon was the book of magic. Um, when the Renaissance rolled around. So, what exactly is the Lesser Key of Solomon? Um, essentially, a collection of texts around the common theme of binding and controlling demons, which is why people debate the Ars Notoria part. But there are five sections in order. The first one is the Ars Goetia, uh, Ars Goetia, which is the most popular. This is the list of the 72 demons, their attributes, how to summon and control mm -hmm. them. Um, protective circles used in the process as well the next section is the ars theurgia goetia or i think it's just ars theurgia um actually but it's sometimes i guess it's called different things but it is a separate system of invocation um kind of talking about how to invocate 31 other spirits both good and bad some of which are angels but all of which are associated with various card, uh, cardinal directions. Uh, the third section is the Ars Paulina, which is a focus, an astrological focus on good spirits, the names of angels and their associations with the times of day, uh, including a way to conjure the, quote, the holy guardian angel. Um, and... Interestingly enough, it might be the earliest mention of firearms in any kind of magical text. Um, hmm. There were like protective circles on how to keep bullets from penetrating like some kind of fascinating armor. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. cool. <clears throat> um, and then the fourth part is the Ars Almadel, which is the shortest text, um, but it describes the creations of various wax, sig uh, wax sigils um, for the invocation of various spirits, including angels. And it plays a really important role in the history of scrying in general. And it probably influenced the, the conversations with angels that Dee and Kelly had. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah definitely. Apparently they used, uh, like special furniture with designs mm -hmm. on them and sigils and whatever so yeah that um that certainly played a role and then the fifth uh, which is some t in some versions you'll see it sometimes you won't is the ars notoria which we just talked about just general access to knowledge through divining and and that's there's no it, these are all like different like books essentially just compiled together um and then as yeah, we the one, before we one grim war right i can never pronounce yeah. that grim war there we go yeah there yeah, we go grim war um yeah 
yeah it um i have somebody that mispronounces shit all the time it's okay no oh, no I mean, I no i, sure. I, I you just have a speech impediment when i was young I so know. there's still certain words and i'm just like damn i just yeah. oh. i blame the public education system yeah, well, like spell, a spell thing of like sound things out phonically how they look out and i'm just like yeah i'm just gonna say it this way and then yeah. i say it that way and yeah people are like that's this is how you say it i'm like uh, well, i pronounced it. it goethia i don't know if goethia is how it's supposed to be pronounced or not uh um, that's how i, I mean, that's how i say it well, that's that's the thing with like all of these magical it's hard to say so right there's <laughs> yeah it's it's number one it's hard to say number two there's different spellings for things uh, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to the names of demons so you know it could be one thing or another um at the end of the day the way i see it is Doesn't the point really of communication <laughs> is for both parties to understand one another and as long as that's yeah. being done it doesn't matter if you're pronouncing words correctly or not as long as you know what you're talking about that's what you can pull 700 <laughs> chicks and demons and you can point. have multiple that's... orgies as long as you it, i feel like we have busted open the case of like medieval and sumerian and whatever pickup artistry <laughs> <laughs> yep how many kids did he have did it ever any any information um, about that i don't think i didn't see any specific mentions when i was reading it uh let's see rabbi chime okay i'm not gonna try to say that king solomon probably had about 100 children that's that's, that's about uh, <laughs> yeah. 700 people and that's, like that's a good point. Three, well a thousand technically if you count the concubines too and the right? concubines yeah. yeah holy shit like he was the king of the pullout. <laughs> he was the king. That that is his legacy. That is his <laughs> legacy. Not demons and like space worms and you know superpower rings. He just knew how to pull out perfectly timed. He's like, oh wait, wait, I'm out. <laughs> God. Uh, yeah. I we you know King Solomon is just a great influence on. The, the sands yeah, of time yeah totally you know, he is absolutely a uh enlightened I wonder, one i wonder how many people like just complete like they just jump right into shit like goethia and the lesser key of solomon or like i'm gonna start summoning demon you know what i mean like how many yeah. teenagers and stuff like that make that mistake i wonder yeah you know, and probably a lot because we don't ever talk about magic in any sort uh, in school. Like, we just, no, no, you know, it's just not even, not even from a historical perspective. For, no, not even exactly. from a historical perspective. It's always just uh, social studies and. But even the characters, rudimentary uh, history. You know, like Newton, like and you're learning about you know uh, Isaac Newton school, and then you know they they're not going to sit there and talk about. Also, he was an occultist. You yeah. Know? Well, you got to remember we <laughs> are we we are we're a country founded by Puritans who want to and like they're of course they're not going to talk about that. We reinforce like Christian values. Like I know we're not technically a Christian nation. We could get in all that, but like Christian values is so fucking ingrained. 
in everything in our yeah. culture that we won't even show tits on television. Yeah. And that's the least yeah. offensive thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, sure. of course, they're not going to talk about fucking occultists in our history class because G- because the baby Jesus would cry about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Although it's funny in the South, there's a lot of, I know this is a side note, but a lot of pagan statues. You know, in Nashville, you have the statue of Athena and the Parthenon. I think yeah. it's in Birmingham, you have the statue of Vulcan. Uh, Columbia, right, which is the statue, um, I think it's on top of the Capitol, but Columbia is basically like a modern version of Artemis, kind of. Yeah. So, like, there's all these major places where we use these pagan symbols, especially well, like, in the South, which is interesting. Would you look at, look at like, hoodoo and the uh, biggest practices of that yeah. are Baptist women. Yep. Yep. So... I mean, there's a lot of we could we could get into like the repression yeah. of just like so many things, and what I'm I guess I'm what I'm saying to do everybody is just have big orgies. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's, just solve your problems right there. Solve your sexual repression problems. Orgies, mm-hmm. demons, safely. What could possibly right, be, go wrong? Do you like safe. King Solomon? Pull it out. <laughs> <laughs> you just have a devil trap ready. Yeah, yeah. In case it was a sucky um, bus. Yeah. <clears throat> that actually kind of segues a little bit into the next section, and it's kind of about some uh about the Ars Goisha, which is like the main part. And there's a little bit of irony. I think irony is the best word here. Um in a historical context. So Around the time, you know, around this time, the Renaissance, 1500s, 1600s, um, there was this big wave of, of course, everything, but occultism as well. And there's there's a, a handful of very influential works that the Ars Goetia may or may not have drawn inspiration from, uh, one of which is Paradise Lost. Um, it doesn't seem to, this one's a little weaker of a case. Um, it doesn't seem to be directly influenced by Paradise Lost, which was made in 1667. But conjuration circles are very similar. Um, you know, the Encyclopedia of Demons, all this stuff. Um, however, there were two specific pieces of work. I'm going to go out on a limb and call them Propaganda for reasons we'll get into. Um, but the the first one is was made by Johan Johan Wire. It's called On the Tricks Yeah, On the Tricks of Demons, published in 1583. Uh, part of that book he basically lists what he calls the false monarchy of demons. And he just kind of goes through outlining the superstructure of demons and their society and whatever and the power structures. And then the other one is Regin- uh, was written by Reginald Scott called The Discovery of Witchcraft, published in 1584. Um, there's also a list of demons in there. And it seems that if the Ars Goetia was based off of anything like specific to that time, it's probably more from The Discovery of Witchcraft. 
here's the thing about Weyer and Scott is they wrote these books with the intention to downplay and diminish the belief in demons and the supernatural, but specifically witchcraft. And I think the next time I take the lead, I'll do something about the origins of witchcraft because that sounds interesting. But the little bit that I've looked into is that witchcraft was kind of like an empowering, liberating force for women, um, mm-hmm. especially at that time. And of course, being the stupid monkeys that we are, uh, we're not very good with sexism. <laughs> we're still not very good with it, and we were worse back then. So of course, there would be propaganda pieces. You would expect to see this, um, mm-hmm. saying that nothing to this occult stuff, especially you witches, there's, you need to get back in the kitchen kind of, kind of bullshit. <laughs> Stop doing your herbology and your witchcraft. So that's how I see it is, you know, you could go one way or the other with it. I'm going to say it's propaganda. Um, even if it's not, you know, it's trying to cover up the truth, but as a means to just further control the population, you know, nothing to see here. Go back to your ordinary lives. That's real. What was the uh, the years on those those two? Books? Uh, fifteen eighty three and fifteen eighty four. Okay, and, and then, then about a hundred years later was the Salem witch trial. So maybe that's kind of like the the beginning of that, you know, starting to bubble up slowly and kind of start to brew and ferment a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah took a while to yeah. reach fever pitch but you know once it got there obviously yeah and then yeah when was the inquisition let me see when was i'm just the curious i'm looking up when the inquisition was i'm just like where's the overlap on oh, some of these yeah. these because you know think that, about that that's another big thing you know like that whole the overlap of uh well that was uh 12th century never mind yeah yeah all right interesting yeah, established by 1478. <laughs> yeah, so a couple hundred, well, I mean, you know, a hundred years early maybe to the party. Maybe it waves. Yeah. yeah, waves were a very, very slow burn. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Right. yeah. And, and at the end, literally a burn. Uh, unless they did the, the cliff thing. That was always my favorite. Uh witchcraft stories of where it's just like not so much they burn them at the stake but they put them on a broom and push them off a cliff or, or the dr- the drowning yeah. test or the yeah the drowning mm-hmm. test Man, oh, if, you, if you drown you weren't a witch oh good yeah, oh good same thing with the cliff yeah you're pushing somebody off a cliff and they're just like well at least they're not a witch and yeah. like the entire justification for it is just like well they're in heaven now you pushed a motherfucker off a cliff. I don't think they care about at that moment is they're plunging to their death. Well, at least I'm going to have them. They're just like those it's, motherfuckers. It, it's yeah. terrifying how well religion can allow people to abdicate their own like moral authority of their choices. You know what I mean? They can yeah. just like offload that to to the, the religious authority and they just don't have to feel bad. Like that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, when, yeah. Ze- when zealots of any religion get to that point, like that's insane. Like yeah, you, yeah. you're just like, oh, I can do whatever I want, and you know, it's because the authority figure says it's okay. So. Yeah, burn people, throw them off cliffs, drown yeah. them. 
Uh, I got mm-hmm. a question. And yeah. I've probably asked you guys this before, and it has nothing to do with the show. Would you okay, rather cool. fall from a high building or drown? <laughs> high building. High building. Yeah. Yeah. High building. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. I would not want to go through drought. Fuck that. Because no. you could just turn around. You don't even have to watch the ground. Like, you know what I mean? You can just flip over and just close your eyes and just. And you're going to hit and it's over. Yeah, you're going to hit. Plus the adrenaline rush. Yeah, the adrenaline rush. Yeah. I would much rather. Yeah, yeah, same here. I would. I like drowning. Drowning is you just feel the water fill your lungs and you're struggling to get breath. Mm -hmm. It just sounds miserable. I'd rather fall from a high building. So. When they eventually bring <laughs> back the witch trials, <laughs> and we're please, all on trial, yeah, and we're all on trial, please just throw us off a cliff. Yeah, don't, they'll don't be drown easier. us. It'll and be easier. There's there's a there's a bonus benefit to this as well is um with like a quick painless death or whatever. There's probably a less chance of creating a poltergeist or some kind of angry spirit that's going to come back and haunt your ass for the rest of your life. Just because give you me weed before I go. Just give me give weed me before I go. I promise yeah. you, I won't haunt after that. If I if I can <laughs> just get really no, give me peyote as I'm fucking plunging down from a fucking cliff or thing. Yeah, something mm-hmm. that's just like yeah. and and I won't haunt you. I will come to peace. Casper the Stoned Ghost. Casper the Stone Ghost. <laughs> Actually, that would um, be a more like ethical way to like if executions yeah. just had to be a thing. Like here's your DM, here's your DMT, blast you out completely, and then we're just like, and then lethal injection. You know, <laughs> like yeah. the least they can do that. Yeah, give you like it doesn't even have to be DMT. Just give you something. It's just like you, the last concern is that fucking needle or that fucking jolt of electricity going through you. Just yeah. something. Uh, yeah. I mean, shrooms, it, <laughs> it would just be like some kind of extra uh, extract. Like that could be the first thing they pump you with in the like yeah. le- lethal injection. And you're just like, I'm dying. Okay. I'm dying. All I'm right. at peace. All right. I'm, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. They should do Why that. Why do That's, I keep on seeing Ric Flair everywhere? Whoa. <laughs> There's actually been a lot of studies over the last 10 years or so showing that, um, you know, controlled settings and doses of um, psilocybin does, in fact, help people to come to terms with their death. I feel like it does that for me. Yeah. 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 I either like it, get really weird or really introspective. It doesn't like scare me at all now. Like really, like I mean, I don't know. Like I guess it's easy to say now. Like in the heat of the moment, who the fuck knows? I guess. But yeah, when the whole when the animal, my animal body is just like freaking out, right? Who knows? But like the idea of it now, and maybe so, you know, things like that have had something to do with it. But um, yeah, it doesn't really worry me, especially with everything I've learned. Too, it's just like all right, it's like. Well, whatever. I'm just here for a short time. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll be yeah, back. Part of a, <laughs> I'll, I'll be back. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's just kind of part of an overarching journey, going to somewhere. Who knows? We just where. got way off path. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, we, we did, did. <laughs> but that's okay because 
we're almost at the end of these notes. Um, so at this point, you know, uh, there, there's the lesser key of Solomon is established, and there's something concrete to work with. And this is kind of in the 19th century where like occultism really just kind of kicks off with people like Aleister Crowley, um, Samuel Little, McGregor Mathers, um, Sibley and Barrett. Um, although that was 18, 1801 is when Sibley and Barrett wrote the Magus, which is a, another collection of, um, magical texts from the medieval ages from various magicians, uh, magicians, uh, Zoroaster, Hermes, Agrippa, D, some others. Um, yeah. Agrippa is a good one. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so, uh, Mathers especially, he did a lot of translating and editing and publishing of various, you know, magical texts. Um, one of them was the the Key of Solomon and the King, uh, also known as the Clave, Clavicula <laughs> Salomonis. There we go. Um, good job. And good. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is, I think, it's kind of hard to tell. I think this one is sometimes referred to as the Greater Key of Solomon. Um, and the Greater Key of Solomon is more... Well, I'll get to that in a second. Um, but there was another... He also edited the the Goetia. Um, and apparently he was going to publish it. Uh, the Goetia, the Lesser Key of Solomon and the King. But apparently this was stolen by Aleister Crowley. And he published mm. that... Imagine that. Imagine that. Imagine yeah. that, right? Totally up. Yeah, he would totally do that. Um, and he published the Goetia as part of his bigger text, the Lemetagon. And sometimes the Lemetagon is another word for the Lesser Key of Solomon. It's like a little bit interchangeable. Um, but the, the Greater Key focuses on sigils uh protective pentacles and rituals to call upon planetary and divine entities whereas the lesser key is focused on the 72 demons of solomon mm. um and then if you remember the first two sections of the key of solomon are the ars goetia and the ars theurgia um so these are two like different kinds of magic. Um, theurgy is more spiritual magic, more religious-based um, divination and all that. And then Goetia is more practical, like how can this tangibly do something in the real world for me or someone else? So it's this kind of blend of, of divine and the earthly magics that, you know, make up the Lester Key of Solomon. And just that has just kind of influenced everything uh, magic related since like the early 1900s or so um, since you know Crowley and uh, Mathers did their thing and um, yeah and that's another thing Mathers did was he compiled all of these things to be more coherent and logical and just cohesive easier to read and interpret so yeah so they all kind of laid the cornerstone for everything magic and that's kind of where that's all I've got. I didn't want to 
like deep dive into Crowley's relationship with Mathers because that seems like an entire story on its own. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, but that's that's kind of the origins of where all modern magical practices come from is the lesser key of Solomon. Yeah, yeah. Um, And that's where like at the first of the show we talked about where you talked about the left. That's where uh, like a lot of people that practice magic have the left hand and the right hand path. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so and that's kind of one of one of the places where that term comes from. Um now Solomon's interesting. We Crowley, I'm I'm sure that Crowley's gonna be revisited numerous times. Oh, he crop up like a <laughs> yeah. yeah, he pro- yeah, he yeah. crops yeah. up like in a lot or something. Yeah, yeah, he crops up in lots of stuff when it comes to the occult because mm-hmm. he is the bi- the biggest occultist of like the last 150 years. Yeah. Well, I mean there are a lot of others like Blavatsky and stuff like that with the Theosophical yeah. Society, but but none as of them are as infamous as Crowley. Yeah, infamy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He was the he was the shock rocker of yeah. the day. Yeah, and and like there's people out there that like as you said, there's people out there that are just as interesting as Crowley in their practices, but they didn't bring the attention to themselves that Crowley did. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I definitely had that theatrical element. Yeah, very, very theatrical. There's a, there's an entire, there's an entire book about just the, the, uh, the words, theatrics and dramatics of uh, the rituals. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. yeah, the it's Crowley did. Yeah, it's a <laughs> it's bit, a bit much. much, and it, it's yeah. interesting. It's a, it's an interesting read. I encourage anybody. Yeah, as yeah. the kids would say today. Hey, yeah, I encourage people to read it just because it gives you just kind of a mindset of Crowley, yeah. in my opinion. It's yeah. actually one of my favorite books on the on him. But I think that like everything ties into Solomon and he was the just the the OG, the OG not only the OG of the occult, but the OG pickup artist. He was the Crowley yeah, of his day, probably. Yeah, he was the yeah. Crowley of his day, pulling seven hundred women. Or maybe he uh, was what Crowley wanted to be, right? That would not shock sure. me if that yeah. if that's what Crowley aimed to be was yeah. the new the new Solomon. It just kind of didn't pan out that way. No, no, because we don't we don't think of Solomon. It's like well. I mean, Ozzy Osbourne wrote a song about Aleister Crowley and not Solomon, so, I mean, he's got that going for him. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, Philip K. Dick hung out with uh, Crowley. Yeah, I mean. A, a lot of people did back then. And, LeVay, and LeVay, LeVay had interactions with him, I'm not sure. Uh, like L. Ron the, Hubbard. The, L, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that, that, that's what's interesting about... Crowley and that is just like so many there's so many tentacles that he is in in sci-fi uh the occult and like various different practices of magic is just like the like even in chaos magic there's 
there's Crowley influences there. Yeah, absolutely. It's everywhere. It's yeah. everywhere. Mm-hmm. So when people think occultist, it's Crowley. Yeah. And, you know, you can pull something from any type of magic, right? Like, I mean, that's what I do. It's kind of that kind of study multiple things and kind of like, ooh, I like this, I like this, and then just kind of cram it all together into my own thing, right? Mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> you know, I it's how I, that's how, you know, I learned to be kind of just when it came to studying religions and mythology from a young age. So it's the same thing with magic, too. And there's something to learn from Solomon. There's something to learn from... Um, um, you know, even um, Crowley, but you know, it's one of those things where I kind of take what little I need and then drop the rest. You know, like with Solomon, I'm more likely to go f- like looking into the devil traps and things like that, more of the exorcism type of stuff, not the like. It's just the people that summon them to make deals and things like that. It's just never turns out good. Just no, no, it doesn't. Yeah, no, no. Like, don't, don't do that. Yeah, no, no. Don't like when you start bargaining with something. Yeah. It's not going to turn out well for you. Or like what would happen with a Crowley, right? You know? Yeah. Like, yeah, the desert story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess if I had to define, I, I would be in my spiritual practices, I guess, closer to a thurgist. Um, but like, it's funny. I was looking up the the Wikipedia page on uh, Lesser Key of Solomon, and David, you mentioned Agrippa, and there was a comment in this um, where Agrippa basically he was just like uh, talking about the Goethia and Thurgia, and uh, he was just shitting all over Go- Goethia. He's like, it's basically he just hated. He was like, it's unfortunate. It's terrible. You're dealing with unclean spirits, and he's just like, you know, like this is garbage. Uh-huh. So that's funny. Interesting. But, yeah. You're garbage. 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 You're garbage. You're a garbage person. This is fucking garbage. But yeah. So that's funny. But no, yeah, I guess I'm closer to a thurgist if I'm close to anything. You know, I've thought about it, like I don't really know what title I would ever give my like like what do I fit with? You know what I mean? I'm not really a witch or a wizard or a I don't know, or, you know, I joke about the wizard thing, but that's just kind of like whatever, you know, like there's names like Magi, you know, and things like that. But I guess I would just define myself. The closest thing would be a third, just, I don't know. But what about you, Huntley? <sighs> I, I'm the same way. It's just like when people are like, oh, you're a witch. I go, I, I identify more as a sorcerer than anything. Cause I think that yeah. S, the S makes it sound cooler. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. It kind of does. Yeah. yeah. So I, I identify with that, but I'm the same way. It's just like I pull from all sorts of different things and uh, different studies and practices. I do have some, like I know a lot of chaos magic kind of abandons rituals, even though I do have a couple of ritualistic things that I well, do there, in my own. Yeah. There's good. There's good. There's certain rituals that are good. You know, like clean yeah. environment and like salt circles for certain things. You know, like there's yeah. There are times for it. It just doesn't have to be so. It doesn't have to be so monotonous and set. Yeah. I mean, you definitely, the rituals that are for protecting, cleansing your space, both physically, energetically, you know, depending on what you're doing. 
Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, there are certain things that should be there. Absolutely. But yeah, like Crowley, like we were saying, just takes it to a whole. Yeah. He he takes it. He takes it to like a. He just presses that gas and just keeps on going. And, And and the further you get into Crowley career as an occultist career i said i use that term but the the timeline the more dramatic it became yeah yeah especially after the corona zone thing it just went yeah fucking yeah also just side note don't call yourself a warlock for the people listening (laughs) warlock means oath breaker traitor basically liar Mm -hmm. enemy it's it's someone who like you know went against their coven basically like a rogue sorcerer who's untrustworthy basically is what that means as cool of a word as it is it's not a good thing yeah it's it sounds cool but the connotations are not positive no and i mean warlocks are I'm sure they exist. Sure. I mean, because there's covens out there. So, you know, yeah, there's like, covens out there. Uh, and, and in any group, you get, you know, clicks and politics and all kinds of shit. So, yeah. who, you know what I mean? Like, all drama anywhere, anywhere you find Fuck humans. It. Fuck it. I will break it down on the most simple level. Warlocks aren't pulling 700 chicks. That's right. They're not. No, they're, they're not. Yeah. He's like, of- yeah. It's some dude named Steve the Warlock, you know, like he was just yeah. real like annoying and just hanging around and complaining all the time and not doing his chores and you know, he just got kicked out, you know. Yeah, he just mm-hmm. got kicked he got kicked out and uh he lashed out by backstabbing his coven or his mm-hmm. group, whatever you want to call it, and now he's an incel. <laughs> Steve the Warlock. That- Steve, Steve the and he, oh my and he, god! And he red he re, red pills people on the on the internet. He red <laughs> he oh no he red pills people all the time. He no he black pills them. He's just like it's all hopeless. Yeah, just just summon a bunch of demons to destroy everything. <laughs> okay, he's a, he's a nihilist now. Yeah, Steve he's fucking, he he has taken the he has taken the black pill. Hardcore. We are nihilists. We are nihilists. I was going to say, the only time it's good to be a warlock is in, like, World of Warcraft, but I guess that kind of ties into the whole incel thing, so... Yeah, yeah. There's a connection. Yeah, there's a connect. Ah, shit. (laughs) We're going to get a lot of hate from the WoW players now. (laughs) True. How... While we're at... Hey, I I mean... Yeah. I mean, I, I I have insulted, like, multiple states on the show. Yeah. Especially your home state, with you know. I think I'm allowed to insult my home state as much as possible, and I do not. I, I do not regret the things I've said about Missouri. <laughs> and I can say this because Missouri is one of our least listened to states. So, fuck you, Missouri. <laughs> God. Oh. <laughs> uh. I'm serious. It's personal now. It's personal now. No Like I think we have maybe one person in Missouri that maybe listens to five minutes of the show. It's just like fuck these assholes. (laughs) And he's like, he shows his friend. He's like, hey, listen to this. At the very end, these people talk bad about us. They're being the guys. These guys are assholes, you know. And then, like, it just spreads like wildfire, and everyone yeah. listens to it in Missouri all the way through. 
Is I'm nagging them. Platform? I'm nagging them. That's what I'm doing. I'm nagging them. So I'm gonna say it again. Fuck, fuck Missouri. There you go. You know, this right. is it's if anything's gonna cause the civil war, it's gonna be this podcast, thanks to you. Oh, cool. <laughs> I will roll it with that and say, do we got anything else? <laughs> I don't. I don't have anything else yet. Um Hopefully next week I'll be done with my website and then maybe I can announce stuff. But aside from that, that, what's up? Promote that. Andy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Nope. All no, right. Not well, a- we are the high kind. If you like what you hear, we're on every podcast platform. Give us hearts, faves, thumbs up, whatever the fuck they do on it. There's so many these days, but we're on the majority of them. It helps people find the sh- show. Or you can come to Twitch TV slash the high kind and watch us live and help us uh, help us out. Exposure and social media. The big one we use is TikTok. Uh, TikTok at high kind pod. Um, I, we post trailers there. I occasionally post some weird shit that I that comes to my head, and sometimes I post game footage on there. <laughs> but it's a, just a hodgepodge of everything. And you guys got anything else? Mm-mm. Nope, I'm good. All right. Well, yeah. everybody, have a good night and fuck Missouri. Shit. <laughs> Bye. Fuck Missouri. <laughs>